Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. That number brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save money. You switch to GEICO. You go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. So I'd wait about 10 minutes here, and then go to GEICO. It takes you about 15 minutes on Geico.com, and then you're saving 15% or more on car insurance. It's that simple. Why do I tell you to wait? Because I want you to hear what Colin Ward-Henniger has to say. He is the CBS Sports NBA writer, CBSSports.com, fine man, and certainly knows what needs to be known about the NBA playoffs and can tell me what needs to be told about the NBA playoffs because I have picked up a vibe. Listening to CBS Sports Radio throughout the week, there's been a vibe of outrage about the refs, but still very little chance given to the Houston Rockets. So let's let's ask Colin about it. Colin, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. A little tired after uh, that marathon last night, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Four overtimes. You know what? Forget what I was going to say. Let's start with that. I I have been, now I'm a western side of the country guy, but I've always had a soft spot for the Trailblazers, and that was through Rasheed Wallace, Latrell, the whole thing. Loved him. However, uh, I I see the way that Denver plays. It's hard for me to try to find my heart in a rhythm with the Portland Trailblazers when I see this tough type of of, of game going on, when I see Jokic playing as well as he plays the inside-out basketball for a seven-footer there. Do you find yourself – I know you got to call it down the line. But because Dame Lillard has been so good over the last few years, do you find yourself maybe pulling for Portland just a little bit because they would probably have a better chance to beat Golden State than what Denver might? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, you know, I, I play it down the middle, but there are t- definitely times when I'm watching Nikola Jokic that I, I am absolutely 100% rooting for him. And it's just because I've, I've never seen a basketball player like him before, just to be at that size, at that level of conditioning, which he proved is there last night by playing 65 minutes, which is insane. I never in my life imagined he would be able to play that long. And even Mike Malone said after the game that that was too many minutes and that he's, he's kind of worried about his big man for game four. But, I mean, these Nuggets, they've been a great story all year. They've really just struggled to shoot the three ball a little bit and uh, looking for that second option as a scorer. Obviously, Jamal Murray stepped up last night, but that, that wasn't even enough. But, um, yeah, what, what Portland's been doing has been great, so it, it's hard to just root for the Nuggets. But, man, what a game. Jokic has got to be one of the funnest guys, and I may be the most underrated players that I think we could find. He gets seven feet, but could still hit threes, and the amount of rebounds that he has. Why don't we talk about him as much? Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, the Denver crowd will be behind me, but because he plays in Denver, I mean, it's not a huge market. Uh, they haven't been, you know, a playoff team for the last few years, and I think mm. he's kind of been hidden, I, and he's not a guy that's going to be in highlight reels for dunks or, you know, massive blocks or anything like that. His highlights are, are, you know, great passes and reading the defense and, you know, 75-foot outlets and things like that. So, you know, he's not someone on the surface who's going to make 
make casual NBA fans excited. But when you sit down and watch this guy, I mean, there, there, there's almost no one better in the league in terms of entertainment. Colin Ward-Henninger joining us, CBS Sports NBA writer. Okay, I see Golden State, the way that they've played through the first two games. I think that Houston has been preoccupied with the referees instead of preoccupied with Golden State. And I think Golden State has learned their lesson from 2016 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is that a correct assessment or am I completely wrong, Colin? Tell me. I think you were right after game one. I think it certainly affected them in game one. That was a a game that they could have won. And Chris Paul admitted after the game that he let the refs get to him. Obviously, he was ejected. Mike D'Antoni got a technical and and Chris Paul got two technicals. You can't be giving away points like that to a team like the Warriors when you're trying to desperately steal a road game. The last thing they wanted to do was come back to Houston down 0-2, which they have. I think in game two, at least on the court, it looked like they weren't complaining as much. I was at the game, and it seemed like there was a concerted effort from both sides to kind of let the refs do their thing and try not to let this narrative continue. So after the game, Mike D'Antoni, Steve Kerr, all the players all said that they agreed with, with most of the refs' calls. They were happy with the officiating. Now we'll see in, you know, in game three if <laughs> James Harden gets hit on a couple of three-pointers, whether that continues because – Going down 3-0 to the Warriors is obviously not an option, so they might be a little more intense when it comes to the refs tonight. It's weird because I, I'm looking some things up last night, I'm watching the Boston-Milwaukee game, and I, I, I just noticed that the numbers are very similar for James Harden and Kevin Durant, but I want to go after James Harden so much more. Is it just because of the style of play and, and the step backs and, and maybe trying to get fouls? Why is it that I want to really attack James Harden where – Snubbers have been just as good as Kevin Durant's through the first couple of games. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's it's the way he plays, the isolations, the holding the ball for for 20 seconds of the shot clock and trying to figure out what to do. It's certainly, I think, what you mentioned about trying to get fouls, I think, is what really bothers people. I think that when a guy like Durant, a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo gets fouled, you look at them and they're so big and and the way that they move for their size, it's, it's easy to see that they're getting hit or they're getting bumped on the forearm. I think when Harden drives, it looks like he's not even trying to score or pass sometimes. He's just simply trying to draw a foul. And I think that's really what bothers people about him. How long did it take you to pronounce Antetokounmpo correctly? Oh, it came quick. Once, once he got good, <laughs> we had to, uh, I, I was copying and pasting his name and stories for a long time. And then I was like, all right, I need to learn this because this guy is way too good. Now he's probably going to be the MVP this season. Does it come quicker for guys who went to Yale than it does for guys like me who went to Akron? Come on. Now. Well, I was an English major. So if it, if it does, <laughs> if it get me, gets me anything in life, it's that I could hopefully write and pronounce some names a little more easily than other people. <laughs> Colin Ward, heading your joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Colin CBS Sports. Paul Pierce came out and said this, the series was over after Game One with Boston and Milwaukee. It's now a two-one Milwaukee lead. Is the series now over? Or are we going to go seven games now? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to pull Paul Pierce and say the series is over. Uh, Boston's definitely got some adjustments to make. I was. It was really interesting to see. Milwaukee bounced back from that that could have been a a devastating loss for a team that you know they've been in the playoffs but they haven't been at at this level with this level of expectation so it's been great to see what they've been able to do Um, last night was just purely you know Milwaukee Bucks basketball Giannis dominating when the defense collapsed on him kicking out to confident shooters getting contributions from George Hill 
Pat Connaughton. I was saying, I think, you know, Boston's best shot might have to be making Giannis even more of a scorer. I mean, when he gets eight assists or more, when he did during the regular season, the Bucks were 18-2 and two this season. And when he scored 35 points or more, they were 5-4. and four. So I'm not saying go out and let him score 70 points, but if you, you know, try to stop him from getting those shooters hot, try to take guys like Middleton out of the game and Nikola Mirotic, that might be your best shot. How do the Raptors even up the series coming up on Sunday against the uh, 76ers? Uh, it was already going to be tough, and now the news that Pascal Siakam is doubtful with a, with a calf contusion is probably about the worst news they could have gotten. Siakam has been their second-best player in the playoffs. You know, no offense to Kyle Lowry. And it's not only what Siakam does on offense, but it's what he does on defense. You're playing against a, a 76ers team that's so big across the board. Ben Simmons, even Jimmy Butler is huge. You know, Tobias Harris and, and quite obviously Embiid, who's just massive in the middle. You need a long, lengthy defender like Siakam to be able to switch on to all those guys. So if he's unable to go, this is going to be a very difficult game for the Raptors to win. And they're looking at going down 3-1, heading back to Toronto. All right, say the series ends here and Toronto ends it, it ends in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference. What are the chances they have of retaining the services of Kawhi Leonard, or is it just already expected he's going to end up with the Clippers? I think that's all the, all the talk around the league is that he's, he's headed to the Clippers, but with Kawhi Leonard, you never know. This guy just doesn't talk, so it's all you know, reading the tea leaves and, and hearing from Uncle Dennis and all this stuff. Um, obviously the farther the Raptors go, you would think that that would weigh on Kawhi's decision. Um, but he does seem like a guy who, who not, wouldn't necessarily care about that. I mean, he left one of the best organizations in sports because of whatever issues he had with their medical staff or their organization, whatever it was, he seemed willing to just, just leave, walk out the door. So, uh, my guess is that even if Toronto goes pretty far, Kawhi is probably just going to do what Kawhi wants to do. If you were Kevin Durant, Colin, what would you do in 2019-2020? If I were Kevin Durant, I would stay with the Warriors. But Damn it, I, I love clearly, it. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly not Kevin Durant, though. Uh, he came to, to Golden State to win. He came to play a great style of basketball with selfless basketball players, and they've done that. And he has certainly taken a step back statistically, but there's nobody who in the league who can watch what he's done over the last few games of the playoffs and say he's not the best player in the league. So he's got his finals MVPs. I think he's set up, they're set up to win for a very long time, even after this, if they can lock up Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, which it sounds like they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. But on the other hand, Kevin Durant is his own man, and he seems to want these challenges in his career and uh, by all accounts, it seems like his next challenge is going to be going to another franchise, perhaps one that's been struggling for a while and trying to take that franchise to prominence. Yeah, and he's going to end up in New York with all that type of pressure that's going to be on him. And somehow the media is just going to be nice to him. And the fans in New York are going to be nice to him some way, somehow. Can't you, I, honestly, can't, if, you're the, if you're the Warriors, if you're Joe Lacob, can you just sit down with him in his house and go, listen, you sign long term here. It becomes your team, and because if you say he signs a long-term deal, five years, all right? Go with me on this here, Colin. Colin Ward-Henninger joining us on the show. Doesn't the narrative change? Doesn't it change where the media, because you're here for the long-term now, they're nicer to you? Doesn't it change with the fans? You're one of them now. Doesn't it change with the team that it's really your team now? I know Steph Curry is, 
is the supreme leader of that group, and maybe that's a bothersome thing. But so many things can change. You have a great new arena. It's so much more laid back in the West Coast. Their team is not just crying for a messiah the way that the Knicks are. It just seems like it's just such a better place for him at Golden State than it ever would be with the Knicks and certainly with Brooklyn. I I don't know why Brooklyn, but it would certainly be better than both of those places. I think you're right. Like, as you could tell from my answer, I would say. But uh, one thing I have noticed from covering the Warriors the last few years is that it will never be Kevin Durant's team. And no matter what, no matter how good he is, this is Steph Curry's team, Clay Thompson's team, Draymond Green's team. They embody that spirit, that that underdog, you know, nobody believes in this type of thing that led to that first title of this dynasty. And Kevin Durant will always be seen as the guy who came on later, the icing on the cake, the guy who, who made their, you know, dynasty that could have been two, three years and turned it into four or five years. And as great as he is, even if he signed long term, said I'm here for life, I still don't think Warriors fans would embrace him the same way that they embrace those other guys. And I think he feels that. I'm not going to debate you. You're closer to it than I am. I, I'm just surprised. Like, uh, Steph, Steph, I understand. I, I get it. Kid, kids love Steph. Everybody loves Steph. I mean, look at him. But really, Clay? Clay? They, Clay? Love, him. they love him more than anything. They, I think Clay's dog, Rocco, might be oh, more popular than Kevin Durant. God. I'm just saying. I'm just well, wait a minute. Saying. So so you're telling me it's it, it still wouldn't change. Five years, whatever million dollars, it still wouldn't change Clay over KD to those fans. Not in my opinion, no. Oh, my God. Then they're stupid fans. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that, but it's not smart, (laughs) Colin. They love that team, that original team, those guys that came out of nowhere. Don't they love winning? Don't they love domination? Not just winning, but domination. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I'm not saying it's rational Mm. or logical. I'm just saying this is the vibe that I've gotten from being around, around the team. Do you miss LeBron in the postseason a little bit? A little bit? Of course, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Seeing what he did, I mean, watching that game one of the finals, I was in the building when he just absolutely dominated. And if were it not for J.R. Smith's bonehead move, they probably would have stolen that game and made it a little bit of a different series. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say that I, I don't miss him. But it, it is nice in, in the East not have, having a, you know, a foregone conclusion of who's going to make it to the finals. Um, had they made it with the Lakers, it would have been really interesting, particularly if they would have gotten that eight seed with the first round matchup with the Warriors. But, you know, say la vie, it's definitely weird, but uh, I would expect that they'll do everything they can to get back next season. I'm a per- I'm a proponent of if you sign up for LeBron, you sign up for the entire experience. And I don't feel the Lakers have given in all the way yet. I've seen some pushback about Ty Lue. I figure, what the hell, you're already in for it as much as you are. You might as well just get get together with Ty Lue. Do you have a problem with Ty Lue being the next head coach of the Lakers if he is, in fact, announced? I don't think so. I think, like you said, I mean, LeBron's your guy. Um, you're not sure which free agents, if any, you're going to be able to get this summer. So just, just do what LeBron wants, make LeBron happy, and, and hopefully you can – either end up swinging that trade for Anthony Davis or signing one of these big free agents. But I'd say if there were another candidate out there that was just, you know, lights out, you know, Monty Williams would have been nice, but he's off the table now going to to Phoenix. So I think, yeah, just go, go with an experienced guy who, who seems to be a player's coach and can maybe get the young guys, you know, on board should they still be on the team come fall. So you went to Quinnipiac also. Right? Quinnipiac, sir. Quinnipiac? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. About that English major being able to pronounce words. 
so you went to Quinnipiac. Yeah, right, it's called sure. Quinnipiac, or are you just messing with me? That's what we call it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's what it's you are the, called. Yeah, well, I got Tom, who also went to Columbia, is like, yeah, it is, Ken. It's it's Quinnipiac. <laughs> okay, you went to Quinnipiac. Did you ever get to work on a pole? I we I didn't work on a pole, but, but that was our claim to fame. And in one of my, my grad courses, uh, one of my radio course, I actually uh, we studied one of the poles and had to present some data. So uh, I am familiar with that. That's what everyone says. When I tell them that they went that I went to Quinnipiac, they're like, "Oh, the pole!" Like, "Yep, that's it, pole." And and their hockey team's pretty good. Yeah, the hockey team's pretty good there, but I've always pronounced it the other way, and or, there's no other way. I've always pronounced it the wrong way, Quinnipiac. <laughs> yeah, nothing so, wrong with that. My last name's Ward Henninger. I'm used to hearing a lot of oh my god. You. you got it Wait, right, though. Did I say it? I said it right. Yeah, okay. I'm so used to yeah. getting it wrong on these type of things. No, I'm no, sorry, you got it right. All right. I remember one time they called me for a poll for the 2016 election. I felt like I needed to go put on a shirt and tie and call him back. I was yeah, honored. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Quinnipiac. Yeah, when Quinnipiac called me, I was like, oh, my God, I get to participate in a Quinnipiac poll. You know I said it's it the wrong deal. way then. It is a big deal. I felt good about it. Colin, we thank you so much for the time. A lot of fun. Hope to talk to you again soon, my friend. All the best. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Colin Ward-Henninger joining us. CBS Sports NBA writer. Follow that guy on Twitter. Colin CBS Sports, really good stuff from him. Really good stuff. I've been saying it the wrong way my entire – and Tom, and Tom's probably talking to him. Now I'm here. N- nobody has corrected me on that ever. What were you saying? Ever. Quinnipiac? It, no, it, I, I've always called it Quinnipiac, yeah. and he's like, no, it's Quinnipiac. Yep. It's Quinnipiac. N- no one's corrected me because everybody I think else calls it Quinnipiac. I don't think so. I'm the only guy saying Quinnipiac? I think that's a Ken Carmen special. So they were the ones who were – so they just let me say it and they don't correct me because they know I'm making an ass out of myself? Probably. Ah, oh, Judas Priest. I didn't even know about that. I've said the Quinnipiac poll before but said it the wrong way in front of all you folks, and none of you people out there in America corrected me? I mean, it's one thing for your friends to make a joke out of you. It's another thing for the entire damn country to make a joke out of you. 855-2124-CBS. Well, big thanks to Colin Ward-Henninger, an alum of both Yale University and Quinnipiac, to talk NBA with us. Up next, I you got to miss you. You got to admit, just, just a little bit, a little bit, you miss LeBron in the postseason. Also, Golden State learned their lesson, and Houston didn't, and that's why Golden State's going to win this series handily. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Back on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS. Tom just answered a call from a guy screaming at him at where, Miami? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Colin Ward-Henninger, the guy who went to Quinnipiac, yep. he, he said it wrong. No, he said it right. <laughs> you just said it right. I said it right. He said it right. We got it figured out. Wait a minute. No, the guy called up and yelling at you saying everybody got it wrong. He was an alum. I know. Wait, the guy who called up or Colin? No, the guy who called up. I he mean, was both an of alum? Them. Both of them, yeah. So how? No, that's not possible. How was the guy who's an alum of Quinnipiac call up and say that the guy who said Quinnipiac, who's also an alum, said it wrong? That's not possible. You can't go it to it, it. You can't go to Quinnipiac for four years and not say it right. That's not possible. Like if I went to Quinnipiac, where's it at? Connecticut. If I Hampton, went to Quinnipiac, 
There we go. If I went, I know where that, but I don't know how to pronounce it. If I went there, I know how to get it right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, he got There's it right. There's no way. Like half of the kids from my high school went to Quinnipiac. That's how you say it. Wait, you just said it wrong. You just no, said Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. No. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Yes, thank you. What's with all the kids in your school going to Quinnipiac? They either go to Delaware or Quinnipiac. That's the way, that's a lot of Jersey high schools are like that. Maybe really? a little Rutgers more now, but really, not really. Yeah. Then it go to like Seton Hall or something or? No, surprisingly no? not. Seton Hall and St. John's really aren't in the mix. Penn State a little bit too. Really? Yeah. That's where everyone goes. Same three Man, schools. Penn State's only the other side of Pennsylvania. You know how long it takes to get across Pennsylvania? It's always been a big like New York area school. It's weird. And like Man, Paterno well was to... the only big college football figure in this area, unfortunately, oh in this my area God. in my lifetime. Really? Really? Penn, St- Penn State? Yeah. It's only like a couple miles away from Altoona. It's on the other side of the state. They really do that? Yep. You might as well drive across Canada if you're going to go across Pennsylvania. 855-212-4CBS. I want to take a call here. Paul, no, wait, hold on. I'll get the Paul in a second. Let me get to Jason in Louisiana. Wants to talk about the underdogs versus the dynasties. Jason, go. What's up, my friend? How you doing today? Horrible, Jason. My mother has a cyst. Continue. Oh, boy. I think we both can agree that the Golden State Warriors are always expected to win and be there. But I think there's also a difference between expectation and determination. With a team like Portland or even uh, or even Denver, last night that game we saw yeah. was one of a kind. And I stayed up to watch it, and I tell you, that game last night was tough and physical, and we see two teams play with heart and really want to get a championship and a taste of a championship, as whereas a team like Golden State – who's already has championship, know that they're winners, know that they have talent, and that expectation that they have, really and truly, they already know they're going to be there. And Well, see, Jason, that's where I, I, I think it's more difficult to win multiple championships. The first time there, it's not easy. It's never going to be easy. But the first time there, it's fun. It's happy-go-lucky. But once you've let the confetti out of the cannon, then you have to readjust yourself and, and to re, basically reprogram yourself to go after it again, I think it's a very difficult thing to try to do. So that's why I, when, when teams win multiple championships, the Patriots, the Golden State Warriors, the Boston Red Sox, and there's teams in there that I don't like, but I have, I have that ultimate respect for them. And last night, I think, well, you know what? Ratings are down in the NBA, so I don't want to go too crazy. But how much does a game like last night really help ratings overall? Like, that's a great game. But, Jason, you and I appreciate basketball and understand, and I think any sports fan appreciates four overtimes and what it takes to do it. But are people tuning in because they think games are going to go for four overtimes? I don't think so. I think they want to watch dominance, and I think they want to watch the chance to see dominance be beaten. I think a lot of it has to do with seeing something that's never been done as well. But I also wanted Fair. to ask you one yes. more thing, and I'll take your call off the air. Yes. Um, I think we both can agree that you probably thought Houston – and Golden State was going to be in the conference finals, correct? More than likely, yeah. Okay, so do you think from what you've seen so far with the way Houston's been playing, do you necessarily think that's a fault on D'Antoni or simply the Rockets, like a person like James Harden who's been carrying the team basically on his back, do you think it's them basically wearing themselves down to where, hey, we're tired and we can't do this? 
Well, I think that's a great question, and thank you very much, Jason. I will I will answer on air here. Um, I think that the reason I was so disappointed after game one is that James Harden was the MVP. And James Harden, you know, so many people say, well, Giannis didn't have Chris Middleton. Yeah, well, James Harden, and Giannis didn't have Chris Paul. James Harden didn't have Chris Paul. He missed half the season. And so you bring him back, and you're in this series, and really what it was supposed to be is the real NBA Finals for a lot of folks out there. And in game one, you, you get that upset about the refs, and everybody's getting teed up and thrown out of the place, and you lose your cool that much, and then you're doing this victimization of yourself. It was such an utter disappointing meltdown. And it was a four-point game. I brought up Golden State, and I was going to bring up here, and I took the call, and I'm glad I did. Golden State learned their lesson in 2016. They let the refs get inside their head. They let the perception of the refs get inside their head. Steph threw his mouthpiece into the crowd, angered. He had Draymond Green getting thrown out. His family's getting in fights in the tunnels over at the queue in Cleveland. Like You have this nastiness, and they're upset because the calls aren't going their way, and things are starting to unravel. And when you let, it's hard enough to beat great teams in the NBA. And Golden State's obviously a great team. It's hard. It it makes it even more difficult when you allow yourself to try to say you have to beat the refs too. You can't focus two on one. It has to be singular or you're not going to win. Golden State, they learned that lesson in 2016. They let the refs get in their head. They let the calls get in their head. Draymond got thrown out and he missed a game in that series. So you, when you let the refs get in your head, you're going to create a big problem for yourself. And that's what Houston did. That was unprofessional what Houston did. I know. The, the, the calls suck. The officiating sucks. You do what you're supposed to do after the game. You go to the podium. You call out the refs. You pay your $30,000 fine. And then you buy the calls for the next game. And they still were able to get some of those calls the next game. So it evened out a little bit. But you hurt yourself so badly. It was such an unprofessional move that I don't know if you're going to be able to bounce back from that. And I add that up from this year to last year. I thought it's been a complete non-entity in real true balance for the Houston Rockets. Last year, you could say, all right, they got it ripped away because of fate, because because Chris Paul got hurt. Fine, I was willing to buy it. But this time around, how you could be that unprofessional in that moment when you need to start off that game the right way. If you serve justice and you beat Golden State at home in game one, what are we talking about? Instead, we're bitching about the refs and how you guys came un- uh, became unraveled. I can't take you as a serious championship contender when that goes down. So tonight's the night. It's either a night you jump back in this series, you show professional basketball, you put an MVP where he's supposed to be with himself, coaching, general managing, the whole thing comes together, and you get back in the series, or you're an unprofessional mess that's down 3-0, and I will not take you seriously. 855-2124-CBS. More of you guys coming up next. Also, Bills fans are going to ruin it for everybody. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Speak now, forever hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. That's brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Also, today, 430 Eastern, 130 Pacific, CBS Sports Network. Don't you dare miss college lacrosse action. With the Big East Championship, Georgetown taking on Denver for an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. It's only on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. 4.30 Eastern. You better have your ass parked on the couch for that one. Georgetown and Denver, when they meet for the lacrosse championships there, 
for the Big East? Forget about it. It's like Lou Carnesecca and John Thompson. They're going to be going after it hardcore over there. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Bills fans, I got to get to the call soon. Bills fans, I told you, you're going to ruin it for everybody. Came out Buffalo News earlier this week. You want to take a bus? You want to drive a school bus over there? $900 a game. I know everybody wants to be famous. I know that that, that we think that internet fame is something that's real when it's really not. I know everybody wants to have their little moment, and there's people who go out there and they do they do funny things and they do amazing things to be famous. And while hey, I am not above anybody out there, when I see another guy choke slam another fan in Zuba's pants into a plastic table that hasn't been gimmicked, full of empty beers, and they start a fire around it, and the guy has to get up and run around and stop, drop, and roll with the Zuba's pants on as they burn his ass around him. Yeah, I laugh too. How could, how could I not? Stupid people doing stupid things is always going to make me laugh. And so they post that stuff from the Bills Mafia, and they post that stuff from the Bills parking lot, and the first thing I think of after I get done laughing is, hey, boy, this is going to ruin things for everybody. Because what they're doing is exactly what any bar does. I, I've brought up the Canton story before, but I'll do it again here on this show. There's a bar that was in Canton, Ohio, and I still think it's there, where I lived when I was a kid. And when we became of age, and I ain't going to lie even before that, uh, not that I condone such practices, it was a great bar because you'd get these big-ass draft beers, like 20-ounce draft beers, and they were a buck, a dollar draft. So if you went in there with a $10 bill, you lived like a king for the entire day. There was a catch, though. There are buck draft beers. Obviously, Warren Buffett isn't walking in the place, and after dark, you get out of there because some things are about to go down. It would have been all aboard the Swayze train with him and Sam Elliott and the Double Deuce in Canton, Ohio, if you stayed at this place. But it's a buck of beer, so you loved it. But the problem was is that it did bring the unruly crowd. So what do a lot of bars do? Three bucks, four bucks, five bucks, seven bucks. They charge more. They price you out. Rubes, power drinkers, more beer, more bad decisions, more ugliness. And this is a way where they, one, they'll say it's safety. It is a bit of a money grab, but also it's safety. And when you're starting to charge $300 for a 20-person vehicle, four, $600 for a 40-person vehicle, or $900 per game for a 60-passenger bus that you know has been outfitted to have a living room and all that stuff the way that people do tailgates, but it's still a 60-passenger seat, that's to price out the unruliness. It's better than obviously something bad happening on tape, really ugly happening and everybody getting sued. But I told you, I told you a couple years ago, and I love you Bills fans, and I know you're a good, strong group. And for a couple of years, and I like Sean McDermott, but for a couple of years, it seems to be that that's the only thing you got going for you. Don't think that other teams aren't going to pick up on this. And I got every response in the book earlier this week. Well, Ken, that's owned by the team. What if the city owns it? City doesn't like to look bad, and the city doesn't like to be sued. And also, the teams work very close to cities that they're in, and they like to work very close about the parking lots that they're in because obviously they're there to see the teams. And the teams don't want to have a bad look because the NFL comes down on them, and they don't want to have those conversations. It's the same reason why you're able to text a number and quote-unquote snitch on people that are in the stadium because they don't want busted coverage getting a bunch of videos, which they still do, but they don't want as many busted coverage getting the videos on Monday morning of guys 
guys getting in fights in the 500 section and real sturdy ugliness going on because the guys who have the money to spend with the three kids who want to go see a game and want to be comfortable, they see that and they go, no way in hell am I taking my kid around there. That's the type of fan the NFL wants. They don't want Ken Carmen at 21 years old with no real job, no girlfriend, out there getting tanked, looking for any reason for a fight. They don't want that guy. They want Ken Carmen at 32 years old with a wife and three kids with money to spend to go to the game. Just like they want Jeff in, in Encino, California to go to a game and be safe with his family. That's what they want. And when they see this, they think it breeds more, and they think that they want to get rid of it. So they'll price us out. There's a good thing to it. There's a bad thing to it. But I've always warned the Bills fans over the last couple of years, hey, I know you guys are having fun, and I'm laughing at it too, but something bad's going to happen. You're really going to ruin things for everybody else. Maybe you want to cool it on the videos. 855-212-4CBS. Let's go to the phones. Paul. I think Paul's there. Is Paul there? You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Paul, go ahead. Sounds like the old open field in the old stadium with Arsenio Hall selling beers to you. <laughs> Go ahead with what you were going to say, Paul. Driving to the Holiday Inn Lakefront, three cases of beer in the bathtub. I remember those days. The pro- and, and it's so sad because everybody's going to go back and go, why can't it be that way? And it's like, yeah, hey. well. I know. You know why it can't be that way. Corporations yeah. always take over. Hey, I think I, I like your point about Urban maybe going down to see that. That'd probably be unless they threw a lot of money at him. I personally think he's going to wait till Day moves on to the NFL. He's going to go back and coach in Columbus because the boy <sighs> smashed the Beulah. Give me a break. Well, wait a minute. That that doesn't mean anything. He was also an assistant coach at Notre Dame, and just because he's from Ashtabuler, I don't know if that's really going to be the necessary drive back to him at Ohio State. Yeah, but he's a different level now. Back then, he was just trying to get a job. I mean, now he's this was his job. I mean, you play that game with that team up north. There's nothing better than that. You know that being from back there. Yeah, they but can I talk about rivalries up and you know Cal Stanford, huh? USC, UCLA, what? Texas, Oklahoma, huh? <laughs> Auburn, Alabama, are you effing kidding me? Urban's oh, now we're going to get the calls a, going. Urban's going to put a dent in the evil empire ESPN and put little Herbie in his place saying, Herbie, you're being a company guy. It's like, I am so sick of ESPN and the SEC, and now we got them owning the, owning the ACC network. Did you see when Saban called in the Van Pelt show two years ago after the Buckeyes won the Big Ten championship and was just whining like a little female dog saying, well, they shouldn't go in. You know, we should go in. Look at the, the eye test that gets shoved down our throat by this ESPN narrative that makes you want to puke for God's sake. Paul, I think that's where we got to finish the call. Thank you very much for making it. Strong from Paul. Let's go to AC in Joplin, Missouri. He's got a conspiracy. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, AC. Yeah, okay. So, uh, hey, hey, good show, by the way. Good. But, Thank you. But, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. That here's huh. the thing I want to tell you about the Chicago Cubs. Here's right. what they do, and they've been doing this for a long time. They schedule the Cardinals to play. I mean, I know they don't have control over the uh, – you know, what time, I mean, the, the, what, but the, the, they scheduled mm. the Cardinals to play at 1 o'clock 
and they knew they had the day off. They they've been getting away with this for years. They 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 knew they had the day off, and they knew the Cardinals were going to be on the road, and that's what they do all the time. I'm not surprised oh. the Cardinals got. They they do it all the time. They do. Are it you all talking the about time. before last night? Are you talking about before last night? When did they play last? They played last night. They won four nothing. No, or, they, 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 yesterday they played at one o'clock. In they, the they, I beg they, your pardon. Yes, yes, in the they, afternoon. They, yeah, they played at one o'clock instead of playing a you know like normal teams do. Normally you play that game at uh, seven o'clock at night, but no, this is what the Cubs do. They 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 know the Cubs. Are, yeah, well, I don't know if that's as much a AC. I don't know if that's much a conspiracy. Even though that sounds very nice and a, and a good conspiracy, I don't know if that's much a conspiracy in terms of just the rules that they have with the neighborhood there. They fought that for years, and I think they're only allowed to play like forty. And you broke up there, AC. So we got to let you go. Thank you very much for the call. I think they're only allowed to play like forty some odd games under the lights now, which started off from a handful. What, didn't they do that in like eighty four or something like that? So I, we don't have enough time to look it up, but I. Now, I got to admit, there's some gamesmanship there, and I wouldn't be surprised. They're, a, they're a supposed to be a rival. You're supposed to be battling for the pennant, and I got to tell you, I'd do the same thing. If I knew that you were on the road at night before, yeah, we're going to play at 1 o'clock because we don't play under the lights all the time at Wrigley. I'd probably do the same thing. So, AC, I'd do the same thing. You got me, and probably a little bit of that is, but they can only play so many games at night. Look, they got one coming up on uh, tomorrow, 7 p.m. That's one of the games at night. Now you only have 30 more to go instead of the 81 that are possible for other teams. So you got to be able to pick it. What a hell of a conspiracy, though. He's probably right, more than likely. I think everybody else in, in the country would do it. You got an opponent coming up, you're going to make things difficult on them. So I'll take that. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Big thanks to everybody who helped out today. I'm just telling you, be careful. If you're one of those Buffalo Bills fans out there, you don't want to ruin it for everybody else. But a big thanks to Tom, James, Billy Jack, Peter Schwartz. Darwin Zook was fantastic. Andy Gresh is up next. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.